the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Now that this is finally behind us, looking towards who's going to be drafting the Steelers draft classes next year and the year after that, and hopefully the year after Kevin Colbert had a pretty good draft this year, but as we all know, that was his swan song. He is now out the door. Not completely. Just talked to him the other day on the Mark Madden show. He said, conversation between me and Art and everybody is, let's keep that door open. Mm. But I'm definitely going to look to take a a lesser role here. But the Steelers have to turn the page fast. You know, they got to find someone to come into that GM role because although the draft has been done, a lot of the major free agents that they're going to target and acquire have been acquired. There's still some minutiae stuff that needs to be done here. You know, maybe a, a scrap heap free agent that you bring up, uh, signing these rookies that you just drafted to their deals. A lot of stuff still needs to be done by GM. Sure. Steelers don't have a GM. Well, according to Mike Garofalo this morning, the Steelers will have a second round of interviews for that vacant GM job. Among those who have been scheduled are the Titans' Ryan Cowden, the Buccaneers' jo- and the Buccaneers' John Spytek. Two guys who have been building two pretty good teams in the past couple of years. Those are two teams that constantly make the playoffs. And one of them won the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah. I would lean more towards maybe the Titans because it's kind of a cheat code when you have Brady. Right. But then again, they the brought in a the ton team, of talent for yeah, Brady. We, we like, talk about how complete that entire roster is on both sides of the football. And how good of a job he did at retaining that entire team, right? Yeah, absolutely. So... There's pros and cons for both of those guys. I mean, with the Titans, you have mediocrity at quarterback, yet you're still able to build yourself through the draft. And and I think the big thing for Cowden of, of Tennessee was last year or two years ago, their big problem was we can't get any pass rush. We're not good at defense. We don't make any splash on the defensive side of the ball to complement our offense. Well, they really improved their pass rush this past offseason. They had nine sacks in their playoff game. Mm-hmm. They lost. That's an anomaly. You usually win there. But I like seeing that GM recognizing a position of need, going out and fixing that in the offseason, and then when it really counts, it pays the dividend of nine sacks in a playoff game. So I like that kind of you know recognition of what needs to improve and then also going out and improving it. Absolutely. And we know how they did, mainly signing our good buddy Bud Dupree. And not only that, I mean, you see kind of like a retooling, right? You lose A.J. Brown, but you go out and you replace him immediately with the wide receiver in the first round. Smart also smart draft. And you also, but not only that, but you prepared yourself if you lost A.J. Brown because you went out and you signed Robert Woods, who kind of lost his role in Los Angeles this past year. Right on, yeah. So, good GMing is evident for him in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. It's evident for Spytech in Tampa Bay as well. But, you know, we don't really know super much about those two guys. And speculating about who's going to be the higher GM is kind of nonsense, to be honest with you. You can really dive deep into who it's going to be once that hire has been officially made. And, hell, it could even be someone internally. You know what I mean? You just don't know what is going to shake out over these next couple of weeks as the Steelers try to replace the GM. But... One thing we do know about is the GM who is leaving the job, and that's Kevin Colbert. And just wanted to spend this episode really talking about how great his legacy was in Pittsburgh and how he really is knocking on the door of Canton when it comes to general manager, front office type people. You know, 
I don't know what the criteria is for that position. You know, there's not really a set like, oh, he rushed for so many yards or he right. threw for this many touchdowns. It's it's kind of all subjective when it comes to GMs. Because I actually, I, I think it was, I don't know who it was on Twitter, but you were you could measure it in legitimate starts or whatnot. Oh, it was an asked and answered with labs. I was mm. reading one and someone had asked him, who was the best undrafted pickup by the Steelers in terms of actual contributing starter. And Lab said, I don't really know what that what the true definition of that word is, but he just went in chronological order from most recent to far back, and he just listed a bunch of names. And so you can build through the draft too, but the, the success that Kevin Goldberg had outside of the draft too, Tom, and you can measure it via that. You can measure it via Pro Bowls or all pros. But I think the biggest measurement you can make is Super Bowl championships, and that's something that he said in his, if if you want to call it that, the exit interview hmm. for his role as the GM for the Steelers after day three of the draft over this past weekend. He said when he walked in, there were four trophies standing in that room. And, and he left two with, more, yep. And now there's two more. He got really choked up. I mean, he was pretty upset. Not like mad but obviously like bubbling very, crying, yeah, but yeah right. you know you get a little tear but that really is what caught the biggest frog in his throat is the fact that he was able to accomplish I mean, build teams to compare to actually compare to what is considered one of the greatest dynasties in the history of the nfl yeah i mean he only went to one less super bowl than that dynasty you know he got to the third one didn't win it but i mean he was just one behind them as far mm-hmm. as actually winning the afc and getting to that big game and, yeah, I can't imagine how awesome that feels to have walked through that room when you started. Four trophies, two more in there since you left. And that's so many, like you said, the undrafted guys, the mid-round picks that became stars. A.B. was a sixth-round pick. Brett Kiesel was a seventh-round pick. And then, obviously, hitting home runs with their early picks with guys like Watt and Palomalu and Ben. I mean, all across yeah. the board, he's successful. But it's the two Super Bowls that I think you look at and you say, well, that's pretty much criteria for Canton right there. He built teams that won two Super Bowls got to another one that's hard to do for any GM in the NFL even ones that win a Super Bowl once it's hard to rebuild that team or keep that team built up to the point where you can win it again absolutely and the fact that I mean look at the Packers you know what I mean like they win the one and they just keep struggling trying to find the right pieces to mesh together there there aren't any right pieces other than Aaron Rodgers (laughs) I mean we talked about how from 2022, there was only one guy who was constant, mm-hmm. and that was Ben Roethlisberger. That's a good. That's a good guy to have to be a constant. Same thing goes for Aaron Rodgers, but the disappointment levels for Green Bay are astronomically higher than they are for Pittsburgh. But still, I mean, even with if with Rodgers having higher expectations than Ben, the pieces that are around Rodgers, I think Tom, for the most part, for the last decade, have been. Maybe other than Devontae Adams, significantly worse than they, they have Colbert's in Pittsburgh. supplied for yeah. the Steelers. Yeah, on I think both so. offense and defense. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair point. Here's some of those undrafted guys that you were saying that Labs mentioned and asked and answered. Matt Filer yeah, started 40 games for the Steelers. Pretty good pickup there. Robert Spillane, just 11 games started at inside linebacker, but that's a guy we're going to see on the field oh, in 2022. Yeah. Still contributing. Big contributor. Alejandro Villanueva, big Al, 90 games at left tackle. Chris Hubbard started 14 games at right tackle. He, of course, has left since then. Uh, here's the big one, though. 
James Harrison, 177 yeah, games one. as a starter Defensive outside player linebacker. Of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Could have been a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Doug Ligurski started 17 games at guard and center. Fast Willie Parker started 60 games at running back. So, I mean, <laughs> that's a lot of talent. You got a <laughs> running back, you got an outside names. linebacker, you got a guard, or you got a, a left tackle, uh-huh. you got a guard in Filer. Like, you've gotten These... so, a center who started in a right. Super Bowl in Doug Ligurski. These are guys that didn't get picked in 200-whatever picks there are in the draft, and Colbert was able to sign later, and they became big contributors. Right. These aren't just names that we're listing just to list. I mean, Robert Spillane broke Derrick Henry's shoulder in half, for God's sake. He absolutely did. These are names that are actual. If you if you were to go to a Steelers bar, whether it's in Pittsburgh or Nationwide, and say, hey, you remember Doug Ligurski starting in the Super Bowl <laughs> 45 against the Packers? Of course you remember Everybody that. does. You remember the hit on Robert's, by Robert Spillane on Derrick Henry? Everybody does. Well, obviously the late picks and the mid-round picks are, and the, the non-picks, the signings are really great stuff, mm-hmm. but let's take a look back at each position group and the guys he has taken, Kevin Colbert, in the first round at that position okay. group in his tenure as a Steeler. We'll start with the outside linebacking room. He's taken three players at that spot, at the outside linebacker spot, in the first round. 2013, he took Jarvis Jones. That one was tough. Although at the time, he was a guy who was falling down the draft board yeah. fast, and I thought he was going to be great. Bud Dupree was in 2015, getting better, getting better. And then in 2017, he hit his home run with Mr. Sure. T.J. Watt, defensive holder of, of the sack record, defensive player of the year. Those are three okay picks, and I'll say okay because Jarvis Jones at the time, who wouldn't have picked him? He was a stud at Georgia. He looked like the real deal. Sometimes you just miss on those guys. Right. But Bud and TJ are absolute hits, and Bud TJ if, especially is grand slam gone. Absolutely. Bud, if he had stayed and, and continued to improve his game alongside TJ Watt, we'd be sitting here year after year complimenting Kevin Colbert for that pick. Yeah, I will, but I still will complicate. Like, sure, he yeah. is a first-round pick, Bud Dupree. Like, he, yeah. I, I don't say, wow, that guy's someone that they should have picked in the fourth round. Or, well, no, not at reach all. No. Like, that's a first-round talent, and that was a good first-round pick, so... Two for three, basically, on that outside I give it, core. I'd give it like two and a half just because of TJ is right now a Hall of Famer, and he's only played for five years. Well, let's bump it onto the inside. The first two that he picked in the first round on the inside linebacking core are absolute great picks. Lawrence Timmons in 2007. I mean, the guy helped win a Super Bowl for yeah. you. The guy is not... Hall of Fame level, but I think he flirts with the Hall of Honor, right? Like, because he's, he's like, got that Super Bowl ring. He's like an an Aaron Smith or a Casey Hampton or like Taylor. I bet he's he a gets guy in the Hall of Honor was, one day. Who is always going to be beloved by Steelers fans and and anyone involved in the organization because of his contributions, but because there and are no one so, else is going to remember him but Steelers fans. Exactly, so you, because you, there are so many great defensive Steelers players, he kind of gets lost in the fray. But Steelers fans know. I mean, they're. You cannot go to a Steelers game and not see at least 10 Lawrence Timmons jerseys. They're there. He was one of the more popular players, for They're sure. They're there, yeah. I mean, you're also at a linebacker, so that helps as a Steeler. As a Steeler. Yeah. 2014, even better yeah. with the pick of Ryan Shazier. That was going to be an all-pro. That was going to be a potential defensive player of the year. In fact, the season that he got hurt was trending towards a defensive player of the year type mm-hmm. of year for Ryan Shazier. Of course, we all know the tragedy that happened against the Cincinnati Bengals uh, was able to rehab himself to walk again and 
work that's out again. That's just in, I mean, incredible. He's, he's yeah, fine. the fact that his life is as normal, normal as it was as before. it could be. Well, not except as, not for as the fact before, except for the, the fact that he's no longer a professional. <laughs> you're football not an all player. pro flying around at a thousand miles per yeah. hour tackling people, grown men. But uh, absolute slam dunk of a first round pick again from Kevin Colbert. And you know we've only gone through two position groups right now, but he's killing all of these. Like they. Mm-hmm. That is such a big deal because you find value later in drafts, that's great. But if you can't make it on your first-round picks more than you miss it, then your owner's going to start to say, hey, I don't care that you picked someone in the fourth round and he ended up getting to an mm-hmm. all-pro team. Like, why are our first-round picks always flopping the bed? So you got to make sure you nail that first-round pick more times than not. Sure. As we work through this, I think it'll be clear as day that Colbert did. <laughs> 2019. Jury's still kind of out on this one. Traded up to get him. Devin Bush. Um, Jury's still out. Didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Right. Something we can touch on a little bit here now. I think it's just more of a prove-it thing, you know? I, 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 Colbert said to us on the Mark Madden show yesterday, it was nothing about his knee. They didn't have any concern. They think he's back healthy as far as that's concerned. But you just need you just need to see a little bit more out of him before you really commit some money. And, by the way... The Steelers were going to pay Terrell Edmonds $6.75 million if they had picked up that fifth-year option. Now he's playing for us on a $2.5 million deal. So maybe don't risk having to overpay Devin Bush if his performance doesn't dictate it. And you can bring him back again. And who knows if no one else wants him, like Terrell Edmonds, and then you get him for cheaper. But, yeah, I think it's more of a let's wait and see. There is a risk, though, because if, you know— now that he's fully rehabilitated, as, what if he as Kevin has said, like, right? He may need a lot. Of, he may ask for a lot more money, and then you kind of screw yourself over. Maybe other teams get in and snag him because he'd rather go play for someone else mm-hmm. because the Steelers didn't really bet on him. It's a risk, but maybe one worth taking. Keeping it on the defensive side of the ball, let's look at safety. Colbert has taken two safeties in the first round of the NFL draft. 2018 was Terrell Edmonds. We just talked about him. They just brought him back on a one-year, $2.5 million deal for his fifth year in Pittsburgh. Would you say it's worth it as a first-round pick so far? Started almost every game yeah, except for I, one in I, five years? I, I love the analogy that all the everybody always draws is that if he was a pick in the second round, everybody would think he's a stud. But just because he was at the end of the first round, everybody thinks he's a bust. But no, he's not a bust. He's a solid first-round pick. He's not one of the ones that Colbert's going to circle on his, on his final exam and say, bam, look at that, baby. This next guy we're going to talk about is but Edmonds is definitely someone that you can't point to and say wow you really screwed up that first round pick uh he plays every snap I don't know how I could have possibly screwed that up 2003 the second best defensive player in Steelers history in my opinion Troy Polamalu is this the second best draft pick by Kevin Colbert ever behind Ben Mr. Ben Roethlisberger I think it is yeah I think so too I mean I I really do stand by the fact and I think this is probably more biased because of our Recently, we yeah, saw yeah, him. Yeah. I was in third grade when he was picked. He's the second best player on the defensive side of the ball in Steelers history behind Mean Joe, who will never be moved from the top. No, you cannot surpass Mean Joe, but I, I think it's easy. I you think, can argue I think it. the, like, the you, argument that you're trying to make about second best defensive player is, is, is an argument. It's valid, yeah. But I don't think there's anyone that could ever argue that the top two draft picks by Kevin Colbert were Ben Roethlisberger and Troy, and Troy Polamalu. Polamalu. So 2003, he picks Troy Polamalu, and obviously those defenses had so many identity Is guys. he the catalyst, though? Joey Porter before. Yeah. He handed things off to um, uh, Harrison and Woodley. And you he had he Farrier acquired Farrier via free agency, had, yeah. And you had um, uh, the guys up front, Kiesel and Smith, and, of course, the big snack, who we'll get to soon, and, and this little uh, first-round synopsis of Kevin Colbert's picks. But... 
I do think that Troy Polamalu was the guy. Like of everybody course. else had their hand in the pie, and you don't become that defense on the cover of Sports Illustrated where you're all posing. Is in, that in, is that your favorite? Yeah, it's the best photo ever, maybe but taken. I don't think that it really gets taken to that level, to that over the top level, mm-hmm. without someone so unique and talented like Troy Polamalu. No, I mean you remember hearing no all the stories about Peyton Manning, like lining up and just being like, he's not supposed to be there. Like, why is he there? Like, Pat McAfee running his first ever fake punt. Troy Palmo lines up right in the gap he's running through. Well, crap. (laughs) How the hell did he know that? So I do think he's probably the second best pick in Colbert's era and absolutely a slam dunk at the position of safety And it just shows, goes to show that it wasn't just a, a pick that Colbert saw that others didn't. Colbert saw the talent and said, I can't let this guy go anywhere else. I have to trade up to get him. Got to go up and get him. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, exactly. Cornerback, one ever taken in the Kevin Colbert era. Do and not, you remember, not you remember the best. who it is? Not the best. Is it Artie Burns? It's Artie Burns yeah, in 2016. Not the, not the best at all. In fact, I'd hate to do this because we're loving this man and giving him his roses, but is this maybe his worst first-round draft pick? His worst first-round draft pick. I'd say it's probably between him, Artie, and Jarvis Jones. And maybe Ziggy Hood I'd throw in there, too. Ziggy Hood also was not the best pick. not the best one. But I look at Artie Burns, and he's still still bumming around the league, right? Is he? I think he's still somewhere floating around there. And I look at Jarvis Jones, he's gone. He's out of the league. I think Ziggy Hood's out of the league as well, too. Well, Ziggy Hood got drafted like in 2010 or 2011 or He was a while back. But if these are the only three that we really look at as, wow, those are really big swings. In a 22-year career, you only have three... So that means you go, what, 19 and 3? And they almost always had a first-round pick, so that's like, what, 21 years where he's just absolutely nailed right. it for the most part. I mean, you're getting an A on your paper based yeah. on the percentage. Artie Burns currently playing for the Seattle Seahawks. I knew he was still floating around there. He man. just signed. I knew he was still He signed as of March 18th, 2022. A couple more positions on the defensive side of the ball before we flip to offense. Defensive tackle, the big snack, the only one he ever took. Way the back only, in 2001. The only defensive tackle in the first round. Yep, everybody else has been a defensive end, like yeah. Hayward and yeah, Ziggy. Yeah, yeah, right. But man, Casey Hampton all the way back in 2001, the big snack. It's a different game now. Sure. But with Jordan Davis coming out this year, everybody drew the comparison to the big snack, and they were like, can't take a two-down player in the first round, can't take a two-down player in the first round. And the quip back to those people was uh, Casey, Casey Hampton was a two-down player that was taken in the first round, and... That worked out really well. He was just too tough to run past if you tried to run up the middle. He he was big enough to clog both lanes. And Ricky Williams, I heard him on a podcast. He went to Texas with Casey Hampton. Mm-hmm. He said there was no one stronger in the world that he ever met than <laughs> Casey Hampton. He said there was just, it was absurd the amount of weight that he could and The lift. crazy thing is, Jordan Davis isn't even nearly as big as Casey no, Hampton. No, he's not. He's not. That's and like do you remember every year Casey Hampton would come into training camp and he oh, wouldn't yeah. be cleared to play and then he'd have to do the physical thing and he just barely would clear uh-huh. like but t- you know Tom wouldn't care didn't give a boy. No, about not at that. all. They were just what, like, you're saying, you oh, s- because we had a, an extra uh uh an extra whopper and an extra Big Mac today, I'm not gonna let you on my team. Can you for the clog year? the middle? Can you stop the run? That's all I care about. You don't need to be running, you know, forty yard dashes like a track star. The best thing is when you would see like mid game. His stomach hanging out, and his jersey couldn't even like wrap around his stomach enough because it was so big. Dude, not just that; it was the 
the helmet on his head right. was, it was so, so tight. tight. Like, yeah. <laughs> it looked like it was hurting him every time, like squeezing his cheeks together as hard as they could. But the Big Snack was such a phenomenal uh, player. All 2001. Final position, defensive ends. 2009 was Ziggy Hood. Not the right. best there from nope. Kevin. But did he ever redeem himself in 2011? And not just two just years 20, later. But not only that, the 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 point of which the first round this occurred at pick 30 when he made his third best pick ever as Steelers GM Ooh, in the first round. That's a that's a tough one. Is we it? really we really have to evaluate. Oh, because of TJ. Yeah, right. That son of a bitch, yeah. TJ, setting those records. I'll give it to Cam for now. Okay. Elder statesman. He's yeah, been around right. since 2011. His brother's on the team now, I'd just love, like TJ. I really love to see Cam go to the hall. Get into the hall of fame. Yeah. If we can get him a ring, I think it's a lock, done deal. I don't think that's going to happen in his tenure. But if he can continue to make all pros for the next three years, that's going to be a really tough case to keep him out, especially as he's older and still and he's getting better. Yeah. So that wasn't just a one-time thing in 2021 that we saw him improve. It's clear as his career has progressed. Don't you think he'll be better too as he gets more help? Absolutely. I mean, now you have, assuming you get Stefan Tuitt back and you can a lot more easily assume you'll get Tyson Alualu back because he's just coming back from injury, but now you also have DeMarvin Leo or Leal. Leal, yeah. So you have four guys, you have three guys that can play alongside Cam Hayward as legitimate starters. Let's take a look at the offensive side of the ball for the first round picks for Kevin Colbert at center. He picked one, Mr. Marquise Pouncey, back in 2010. <laughs> could make the case for another fifth fifth best maybe pick, but you see the trend that we're getting at in the point of this episode is that every single one is almost like, oh, wow, that was a all good we, pick. All we kind of do is just say, oh, it's Cam Hayward? Yeah, that was an incredible all perennial all-pro, pro bowler, could be a future Hall of Famer. That's kind of what we've been saying exactly. for a lot of these guys. And uh, another, apply all of that to Marquise Pouncey. Yeah, I mean, right, absolutely. Guy's going to be in the Hall of Honor one day. I bet he he's, he'll sneak team. his way onto ballots for the Hall of Fame every once in a while. He made the All-Decade team, right? Mm-hmm. That helps. That yeah. really helps. No, he'll be voted on. Like he'll. Yeah. I bet his case gets heard, probably gets shot down because Steeler fatigue, all the others, there's like three centers in the Hall of Fame. And the Steelers, the Steelers have one of them. Yeah, exactly. So that... Might be a long shot, but, I mean, you can set his plaque up already for the Hall of Honor. If oh, like absolutely. To. One of the best centers in Steelers How, what's history. The, what's the, what's the, what's the, um, the standard or the I think the it's rules? the same as the Hall of Fame. Or is it three years? I think it's like, three yeah, years. Yeah, it's a little less than the Hall of Fame. So we're only now two Go years away. Go down Stan. I mean, he's like yeah. the grand poobah of he all is. that thing. So, uh, At guard, he's taken two guards. No tackles. He's never taken mm. a tackle in the first round. But the two guards he's taken. Pretty good. Kendall Simmons in 2002. And then Dave DeCastro in 2012. So 2002, good pick with Kendall Simmons. Ten years later, a followed up with an even better pick in Dave DeCastro. All pro. Obviously, his end of his Steeler tenure was very mysterious. I really kind of would like to hear him say, I'm retired, and we can have, you know. We still day. haven't. It's been a year. We I know. Still but I, not for my sake, but I want to, and maybe he doesn't need this, but I'll give him his day in the sun, have yeah. all the tweets about how great Dave DeCastro was, rank him in all-time Steelers line. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he'll definitely be in the Hall of Honor. Like, you get that day on social media. You get that day in public eye right. when you announce your retirement. When you're a Steeler, and for sure. Listen, yeah. maybe he's just cut from a different cloth, and he would just rather fade away. And that's totally fine with me. Which is weird because the big complaint he had during the COVID season was, Not enough I people. miss the fans. I need some crowd. I, I need, need some fans. I need some here. support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But 
Dave DeCastro, no question about it, one of the best first-round picks uh, that Colbert made. and you can One name, of the best. I mean, <laughs> they're all the best. There's like 19 really good ones and then three bad ones. So what about the guys that these offensive linemen were clearing the way for? Two running backs ever taken in the first round by Kevin Colbert. I know one was Rashard Mendenhall. How do you not know who the second one was? Oi. Oh, and Najee Harris. There I mean, you what go. are you doing? You it go. was last year. There you go. So he took Rashard Mendenhall in 2008. One of his solid picks. Like, you can't yeah. say it was a bust. He had good years. I mean, there are he fumbled people, in the Super there are Bowl, so that There people out there stinks. who will hold the fumble against him for life. I might be one of those people. <laughs> that was a tough one. I mean, that really does reset where you were in your pantheon of your career. Uh, he also got his shoulder snapped in half by Ray Lewis. I'll never forget and, that. And, like, his first game ever. Never forget that. Welcome to the NFL, Rook. But solid pick overall. 2021's pick, I think, has already passed him in only one year sure. of playing. Yeah. Only thing that could hold him back is health now compared to Richard Mendenhall. But Mendenho, already, but I mean— Najee Harris is a stud, man. A Najee stud. Harris is, was better coming out of college, better for the first year that Richard Mendenhall played in the, the first four years of his career. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. More impressed by, more impressed by Najee's— Rookie year than you than were for the entire year peak. Any year. Yeah. I don't think Mendenhall ever came close to finishing top five in rushing yards or something like that. I so I, I don't. I think maybe he the came highlight close, of but... his career maybe that Atlanta week one game winning touchdown run in overtime. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. I vaguely do. Yeah. I vaguely. It was week that. one. Mm-hmm. Overtime game. Yeah. Overtime. Walked it off. Walked it off. Yeah. One tight end ever taken in the first round. Come on. They still say his name every time a Is white guy catches the ball. 5. 2005, right. Heath. There you go. Out of Virginia, Heath Miller. Bit of a throwback tight end now when you think about how the position is played these days. But at the time, he was, wow, this guy's great at blocking, but he can catch the ball in the end zone. And it was kind of like, oh, wow, this guy's got some good hands. And now it's like you need to have amazing hands to be a tight end. But... Heath Miller, maybe, maybe I think the, you could argue the best tight end in Steelers history. Oh, I don't and think a, it's an argument. And again, Hall of Honor is signed, sealed, and delivered for this fella. I don't know how. I mean, two I t- know two how. Two-time Super Bowl champion. I know how because now, after like the first two classes, they're only allowing, what, five guys it's in a slow per year? now, yeah. But if they if they were to expand that, he would have been in by now, He's right? a young guy, though. You know, they'll, they'll get him in when he's in his mid-50s. But when, they, like when they made like the Steelers, you know, all anniversary team. He was still playing. I think more year left of his career, or maybe this was like 2012 when it was like the 80th season, something like that. They they didn't put him on, but there's without a doubt the next time they do an anniversary team, he's making it as an all time Steeler. No question. Now, let's look at the pass catchers who I think might be the best position that Colbert's drafted in his tenure. Okay, the wide receiver group. But in the first round, only two were ever taken. Plex. Plex in 2000, and which was, I believe, his first first-round pick as a general manager was Plex Cobra. I think, because it was 2000 Big Snack was 2001, the second one. Okay, let me think about this. Is this recent, or is it a little nope, ways away? not recent. We were in middle school Ooh. when he was picked. Oh, it's Antonio Holmes. Antonio Holmes. Oh, 06, right? Yep. Yeah. Clearly not the best wide receiver he's taken. No. That would be the sixth-round pick, Mr. Antonio Brown. No. But... These two have been studs in the NFL, won the Super Bowl, each of them. One each for, of them, One yeah. for the Giants and obviously San Antonio but for the Steelers. But they both, in back-to-back years, had the game-winning Super Bowl catch. Absolutely. And I don't think you can argue that you missed on either of these two guys. Plaxico, obviously, 
moved on, and so did San Antonio. Both two New York teams, strangely enough, but you remember their legacy. San Antonio more than Plex as a Steeler, and San San Antonio is still very with the franchise. I mean, he's he's one of six Super Bowl MVPs in the franchise's history. No, less than. Oh, good point. Good, good call. Good call. But yeah, like that's that's rare. One of five, right? You can only there's only six that were up to grabs. Yeah, and you won one of them. Right. It's pretty rarefied air. Finally. The man who threw the ball to both of those guys, the man who this is, I, established our <laughs> franchise for the past two decades. Should we just end the episode here because we all know? Well, there's two quarterbacks that he's taken now in That's the first true. round. That's true. But the first one was in 2004. Well, let's well, can we just talk quickly? Let's let's do okay. Pause on 2004. Let's, let's do 2022 first, he took so Kenny, we can end on 20. He takes Kenny Pickett and possibly we, the future of the franchise. Pa- he he possibly could have given us. 20 years, if or almost 20 years with Big Ben, and then another almost 20 years with Kenny Pickett on his way out the door. But, you know, best quarterback in the draft class seems to be the consensus after the pick. But what what can you say more than we just, we've done a ton of episodes on him already, and also, like, it always boils down to, we just got to wait and see how he does. Yeah. Like, we got to wait and see that first I really need to game. fast forward to September. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll surpass. August, August. Let's I'll, look at some preseason action that's, first. But I, I'm so not even ready to do that because I'm, I'm ready for him to start week one. And obviously, 2004, is. the best pick of Kevin Colbert's era, the best pick in the modern 2000s of Steelers football, Ben Roethlisberger, 2004. First round pick. I mean, it's absolutely one of the best first round picks of any franchise since the turn of the millennium, right? Third quarterback, right? yeah, third quarterback taken that year in that draft class. Better than both. Think about that. Better than both of them. I, I, I firmly believe that's got the rings that Eli does and better numbers. And Phil ain't got no ring. And Ben passed his numbers too in his mm-hmm. last season that Ben played. So, what a phenomenal pick by Kevin Colbert. I mean, that really set the pavement for the next 15 years in it's a lot i don't want to say easier but it's probably a lot more fun to draft and do evaluation of draft classes when you don't even have to look at the quarterback <laughs> position for over a decade you know the the most nauseating or frustrating or head scratching position to target draft is a non-issue for you forever it seems until your final year when you decided to take Kenny Pickett. So it comes full, full circle. circle here for Kevin Colbert. Uh, a plus is the grade I give him as a GM for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I'm going to channel rings little, on our fingers. I'm going to so. channel a little Michael Scott here. A I would have given myself a A plus, but I forgot you can give yourself, give yourself an, an A plus plus. I agree. A plus plus for Kevin Colbert. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Going to look around the NFL in our next two episodes following the wake of the draft so make sure you tune into that for jacob recht i'm tom opperman and we'll talk to you next time